This is the Better Than Before Betrayal Podcast, Episode 15, Life is 50-50. Have you or someone you know experienced betrayal from a husband's pornography use, sexually compulsive behaviors, or other forms of infidelity? Hi, I'm Ruthie. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and a life coach certified through the Life Coach School. In this podcast, I will share my experience of growth and healing as I have learned tools and concepts to help me take responsibility for my own happiness, find peace, confidence, and become a stronger version of myself. Come with me and let me show you how to have a life that is better than before betrayal. Hello. Thank you for listening today. I am so glad that you found me. Today, I have another concept for you that can be so valuable. Now, in this episode, I'm going to use the words good and bad a lot. So, to save me the trouble of putting them in air quotes every time, just consider that each time I say good or bad or similar words, that they are in air quotes, okay? As humans, and I believe as especially as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we think that we should be happy all the time. We get upset when life gets hard. We use scriptures like men are that they might have joy to expect life to be bliss. This simply is not true. We are to have joy, and we don't have it all the time. You may have heard of the idea that was taught explicitly or not so explicitly that if you marry a returned missionary, the right person at the right time in the right place, your life will be peachy. I heard rumors. My ward and stake never did this, but maybe yours did. The big event, the happily ever after productions at young women's activities with the big cardboard castle backdrops and wedding dress modeling. All the things to give the message that if you were married, again, to the right person, at the right time, in the right place, your life would be bliss. Now, while this isn't entirely false, I do believe some of those young women grew up to believe that they were robbed. Marriage and life are hard work. These choices can give an advantage to potential for eternal marriage, possibly a deeper commitment to the relationship, an eternal perspective. We need to remember that marriage takes a lot of work, and there is that endure to the end part. Choosing a return missionary and being sealed in the temple does not make you immune to struggles and sorrows and pain. It does not guarantee fidelity, obviously. And it doesn't guarantee a celestial marriage. Celestial marriages are worked toward, not achieved in this lifetime. And life is good even when it's hard. The concept of a 50-50 life is that life is 50% good and 50% bad. This concept of the 50-50 life can be really challenging to wrap our minds around and accept. I know it was challenging for me. I heard this concept for the first time shortly after I discovered my husband's affair. You can imagine that I was not believing 
that life is 50-50. You may not believe that your life is 50-50. You may be thinking, my life is more like 80-20, or definitely 90-10, even on a good day. You may feel that there is way more hard or bad than ease or good. And what I want you to consider is that 50-50 can be over your lifetime, over a year, sometimes a week or a day, or an hour is 50-50. There is good and there is bad. There is hard and there are times of ease or easier. There's joy and there's sorrow. And it's just as it is supposed to be. If this concept of 50-50 life is new to you, please give it some thought. I know that you may be in a place that is a lot of hard. I get it. You may not know if you will ever trust your husband again. I get it. You may not understand how you're supposed to find peace and happiness without your husband changing. That is hard. And I promise you, as you do your work of healing, your work of healing, that peace and joy will come. Can you you embrace that life is 50-50? When you can, the 50% bad may not be so bad. Expect it as part of life. And it might not be so hard. Try thinking, of course this happened. It's part of the 50-50. And I appreciate and can have more gratitude for the 50% that is good. The fact is that it is all for my experience and growth. And so it's all good, even when it's hard. President Hinckley said, anyone who imagines that bliss is normal is going to waste a lot of time running around shouting that he has been robbed. The fact is that most putts don't drop. Most beef is tough. Most children grow up to be just people. Most successful marriages require a high degree of mutual toleration. Most jobs are more often dull than otherwise. Life is like an old-time rail journey. Delays, sidetracks, smoke, dust, cinders and jolts, interspersed only occasionally by beautiful vistas and thrilling bursts of speed. The The trick is to thank the Lord for letting you have the ride. President Hinckley also said, In all of living, have much fun and laughter. Life is to be enjoyed, not just endured. A dear friend of mine years ago gave me that quote on vinyl on tile. And as I looked at that every day, I often struggled to figure out how to enjoy life. I felt like I was doing a lot of enduring. As I have grown, I have learned that life is good, even when it's hard. This is something I tell my girls often. 
As humans, we just ridiculously think that life is supposed to be easy and happy. And we're shocked and surprised when things go quote-unquote wrong. (laughs) This fascinates me now. I was one of those that thought everything had to be going as smoothly as I wanted, or there was a problem. Oh, my brain was working. I don't always think it is good. Sometimes I have to pan out and see the big picture. Excuse me. The scriptures tell us in 2 Nephi 2.11. Sorry about all the throat clearing. Um, it must needs be that there is an opposition in all things. If not so, righteousness could not be brought to pass. Neither wickedness, neither holiness, nor misery, neither good nor bad. So why are we surprised when life doesn't go exactly as we planned? We can't appreciate the sweet if we don't experience the bitter At a time in my life when I was struggling to find joy and happiness, I decided to mark all the scriptures with joy and happiness in them. There are 322 results for joy, 33 for happy, and 28 for happiness. I looked that up in the citation index, so you know I didn't actually count them. That's a lot of scriptures. I think that it is important for us to focus on finding joy and happiness, to create it. Men and women are that they might have joy. There are so many scriptures that teach us these things. About (laughs) 50-50. In Doctrine and Covenants 121, I'm going to interject some of my own ideas here. My son, daughter, peace be unto thy soul. Thine adversity and thine afflictions shall be but a small moment. It sure doesn't feel like a small moment. And then, if thou endure it well, God shall exalt thee on high. Thou shalt triumph over all thy foes, thy friends, and some angels. Do stand by thee, and they shall hail thee again, with warm hearts and friendly hands. In Doctrine and Covenants 122.7, it tells us, Know, my daughter, that all these things shall give thee experience, and shall be for thy good. Ether 12.27 tells us that our weaknesses can become strengths. In Isaiah 40.31, it tells us that They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. We have such beautiful promises, and they come along with the struggles. Our Latter-day Prophets have spoken of struggles and promised blessings. They speak words of comfort and hope, and that we can expect difficulties on our path. In his uh, talk, Waiting on the Lord, in October 2020, Elder Holland 
says this. With apologies to Elder Neil A. Maxwell for daring to modify and enlarge something he once said, I too suggest that one's life cannot be both faith-filled and stress-free. It simply will not work. To guide naively through life, saying as we sip another glass of lemonade, Lord, give me all thy choicest virtues. But be certain not to give me grief, nor sorrow, nor pain, nor opposition. Please do not let anyone dislike me or betray me. And above all, do not ever let me feel forsaken by thee or those I love. In fact, Lord, be careful to keep me from all the experience that made thee divine. And when the rough flooding by everyone else is over, please let me come and dwell with thee where I can boast about how similar our strengths and our characters are as I float along my cloud of comfortable Christianity. Um, Another talk given by Elder Uchtdorf in 2010, entitled Happily Ever After. He says a lot of things. My dear young sisters, you need to know that you will experience your own adversity. None is exempt. You will suffer, be tempted, and make mistakes. You will learn from yourself, for yourself, excuse me, what every heroine has learned. Through overcoming challenges comes growth and strength. It is your reaction to adversity, not the adversity itself, that determines how your life story will develop. Though you may feel that no one can understand the depths of your despair, our Savior Jesus Christ understands. He suffered more than we can possibly imagine. And he did it for us. He did it for you. You are not alone. If you ever feel your burden is too great to bear, lift your heart to your Heavenly Father, and he will uphold and bless you. He says to you, as he said to Joseph Smith, your adversity and your affliction shall be but a small moment, and then, if you endure it well, God shall exalt you on high. Enduring adversity is not the only thing you must do to experience a happy life. Let me repeat, how you react to adversity and temptation is a critical factor in whether or not you arrive at your own happily ever after. Stay true to what you know is right. We all search for happiness and we all try to find our own happily ever after. The truth is, God knows how to get there, and He has created a map for you. He knows the way. He is your beloved Heavenly Father who seeks your good, your happiness. He desires with all the love of a perfect and pure Father that you reach your supernal destination. All you have to do is trust your Heavenly Father. Trust Him enough to follow his plan. The gospel is the way to happily ever after. I understand that at times 
Some may wonder why they attend church meetings or why it's so important to read the scriptures regularly or pray to our Heavenly Father daily. Here is my answer. You do these things because they are part of God's path for you. And that path will take you to your happily ever after destination. Happily ever after is not something found only in fairy tales. You can have it. It is available for you, but you must follow your Heavenly Father's map. Some good stuff. And then most recently, in October 2022, Garrett W. Gong, in his talk, Happily, oh, sorry, Happy and Forever, says a lot of good things too. Our Savior is our mediator with God. But he also helps us bring, sorry, (laughs) he also helps bring us to ourselves and each other as we come to him, especially when we hurt and pain are deep, despairing. Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) Starting over. Our Savior is our mediator with God, but he also helps bring us to ourselves and each other as we come to him, especially when hurt and pain are deep. Repairing our relationships and healing our hearts is hard, perhaps impossible for us on our own, but heaven can give us strength and wisdom beyond our own to know (coughs) when to hold on and how to let go. We are less alone when we realize we are not alone. Our Savior always understands. With our Savior's help, we can surrender our pride, our hurts, our sins to God. However we may feel as we begin, we become more whole as we trust Him to make our relationships whole. Happy and forever do not mean that every relationship will be happy and forever. But a thousand millennial years, when Satan is bound, may give us the needed time and surprising ways to love, understand, and work things out as we prepare for eternity. And I will add that we don't need to wait for the millennium to start doing this work. We can start today to do this work now to bring happiness and and into our lives now our faith can strengthen us the spirit will guide us through our troubled times we can trust in the lord to know that everything will work out fine better than fine even we can have peace and joy now and throughout all eternity The gospel of Jesus Christ can bring peace, hope, and optimism to our lives. Living the gospel, keeping our covenants, does not make us immune to struggle, pain, and heartbreak. However, our faith will strengthen us. We can have that peace of God which passeth all understanding, spoken of in Philippians 4-7. We can have peace during or following our hardest moments. 
we can embrace the, strength, the strengthening and enabling power of the atonement in our lives. Our Savior is here for us. So embrace the fact that life is 50-50. Don't fight against it. Take this opportunity to learn the lessons that you need to learn from your life experience. That is my prayer for my family every day, that we will all learn the lessons that we need to learn from our life experience. If you do the work, you can embrace your life that is 50-50, and it can be better than before betrayal. It is possible. Thank you for joining me. I hope that what I have shared today is helpful and hope-filled for you. If you know someone that would find this podcast helpful, please share it. If you are ready for one-on-one coaching to help you take responsibility for your own happiness, to find growth and healing from what you have experienced, please go to betterthanbeforebetrayal.com and schedule a free session to find out how I can help you on your journey. I'd love to talk to you. See you soon.